This is episode number four, Commandments Are Not Demandments. Hey there, welcome to the Divine Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Smith, and I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a certified life coach. On this podcast, I'll teach you a blend of gospel principles and coaching tools with the goal of helping you put off a natural man and create a vibrant, fulfilling life. You ready? Let's go. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? I'm returning from a little break. I've spent the last almost two weeks away from social media and um, kind of content creation. I'm kind of taking a little break. And um, I just spent the time with my family. I went on a little mini vacation last week. And so it's just been um, a really good time for me to refresh. And I'm happy to be back in the game. I'm happy to be recording this podcast for you today. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, my trip, though. Uh, I went and visited my parents in Southern California, and it was a bunch of fun. It was so good to spend time with them. And um, because it was the last time my son and I would be seeing them for the ho- before the holiday season, we went to what's called Cabazon Dinosaurs, which is a, a little park out in the desert in Southern California um, in a place um, respectively called Cabazon. And they have a, um, basically it's a park, you have to pay to enter. And they have, um, they've created these life-size dinosaurs that you could just like walk along these little paths and check them out and things like that. But they decorated it for Christmas. And so there was Christmas lights everywhere. And um, it was just, it was super fun. And my son loved it. And my parents loved that he loved it. And um, it was just a great old time. So um, we loved that we got to do it, even though it was really dark and windy and cold and rainy. Um, but it was, a, it was a great time. They, they had like a Santa sleigh that was pulled by a raptor with a red nose. Um, <laughs> it was really cute. And, and so we, we enjoyed ourselves and uh, we're glad that we were able to have some sort of um, holiday experience with my parents before, um, before we left there. Um, but to dive into today's podcast, I've chosen the topic of um, commandments are not demandments. Um, this is something that I teach my clients and I find that it's really useful. And so I want to share all it with all of you today, because I think it's really helpful in the way that we think about how we apply and understand the purpose of the commandments. For those of us who have been raised in some sort of Judeo-Christian religion, um, I'll be specifically be talking about this in terms of the theology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, you're probably very familiar with the term commandments. We first hear this in the Old Testament when God gives Adam and Eve commandments in the Garden of Eden. And then we hear about them again when Moses is given the Ten Commandments. And then there's been, you know, very, a whole lot more, many more commandments provided and clarified over the millennia by ancient prophets, Jesus Christ himself during his mortal and post-resurrection ministries, um, as demonstrated in the New Testament and Book of Mormon and by Jesus Christ through modern prophets as recorded in um, the Doctrine and Covenants, um, modern day proclamations, and in conference addresses. A lot of you can probably relate to this. When I was a young child, I remember hearing the word commandment and it would feel so heavy to me. Commandments to me had me feeling, had me believing that God was telling me what to do and that I would be punished if I didn't obey. They felt somewhat compulsive and I had a lot of fear over getting things wrong and making mistakes. And so as I entered my teens, I began to notice more how they were a blessing rather than a a compulsion. 
I had friends whose families had struggles like that mine just didn't have because we more or less lived the standards of the church according to the commandments. And I was noticing that as I observed the choices of others to turn away from the commandments and live contrary to them, and then ultimately I got to witness the outcomes of their choices, my mind started to get on board with the possibility that the commandments were there to keep me safe, to help me build healthy habits, and to be successful in my life. And I became more committed to obeying the commandments because the evidence became clear that my life would be so blessed and um, improved because of it. I had many non-member friends <laughs> who would tease me about my choice to obey, and I'm sure many of you have had that experience too. Um, they shared their thoughts that it was really odd that I minimized my swearing and that I went to church, period. Um, and they would ask things like, why in the world was I not allowed to drink coffee? Um, or um, maybe, or and sometimes it was like, oh, the shorts that, you know, reached mid thigh were trendy and cute. And so they would ask me, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to obey all these rules? And I would tell them, I don't have to, I want to. And so this idea of forced compliance by God comes from a misunderstanding of the purpose of commandments and misinterpretation of the symbolism offered by scriptures when terms like fire and brimstone are thrown around. Um, we're misunderstanding the commandments as a term I made up called demandments. And I mean that we're misinterpreting the symbolism in the fact that like they're mostly there to just kind of demonstrate a lack of progression there. Um, and that will be suffering internally because we will be in anguish that we cannot progress further as opposed to literally being cast into fire. <laughs> It'll literally be kind of a pain inflicted that we inflict on ourselves because of um, remorse and shame over the choices that we've made. And so um, when we're misunderstanding the commandments um, as demandments, um, what I mean by that is that the word demand, demand in the English language is synonymous with words like dictate and ultimatum and clamor. And the thing is, is that God doesn't really give us ultimatums or dictate us as far as like what we will do. Um, we've been given the gift of agency and the ability to choose for ourselves what we will do. And so while we are, while there's obvious consequences for our choices, whatever it is that we choose, it is because they are natural consequences and not because God is punishing us for not keeping the commandments. The word command in comparison to demand is synonymous with words such as instruct and direct to call on or to charge. When the commandments are given, we are being instructed in how we should be, how, and we're being directed in the way we should go, and called on and charged on to be a certain way. And ultimately, because they are instructing and directing us to partner with God in fulfilling his work and glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. So, you know, the first part of that work and glory, you know, the atonement has already made immortality possible. Salvation has already been sufficed by Jesus Christ. But eternal life, meaning exaltation and eternal progression, is something that requires specific character and discipline in order to be attained. The commandments are essentially a prescription for what we need to think and do in order to end up with the ultimate result of becoming like our Father in heaven, even achieving exaltation. One way I like to think of this is in terms of the profession of becoming a surgeon. This can be applied 
to most crafts, but I like to use surgeons because it's because in order for them to achieve their goal of becoming a surgeon, they really have to be committed and disciplined and prove over nearly a decade of time in order to achieve the standards required to be a practicing surgeon. The education, the studying, the testing, is it's all incredibly rigorous and it's not for everyone. It's supposed to be hard and the process is designed to perfect these medical students as much as possible. And the ultimate reason why the education is so intensive and the testing is so rigorous is because these surgeons are being trusted with human life. They have to have a perfect um, have as perfect of an understanding as possible in order to ensure that they don't make mistakes that will ultimately cause the loss of life. They need to not just have the comprehensive knowledge of, but a well-practiced skill and wisdom necessary to make judgment calls, to manage their emotions and regulate themselves in order to successfully operate on other humans, um, especially in high-stress situations. So if exaltation is becoming like God, if it means inheriting all that he has, if it means that we may continue the lineage of God following the pattern of what Joseph Smith taught us, as man now is, God once was, as God now is, man may be. If we are to be entrusted with the fullness of what it means to harness the powers of God, shouldn't we want only the most disciplined, the most pure, the ones who prove themselves capable to hold the powers of the cosmos? Could you imagine the chaos <laughs> that would ensue if everyone, regardless of their commitment to these standards, um, received this power? Could you consider the mayhem that would ensue if the undisciplined and the impulsive were granted access to the fullness of, of their divine potential without earning it? Um, does, this, does this scenario sound familiar? This is literally what Lucifer was proposing at the Council of Heaven when the plan of salvation was presented to us. He suggested that we have our agency removed and that we can all achieve exaltation, all of us being sinless, because we wouldn't have the choice to choose otherwise. And all the glory would be his to satisfy, you know, I, I like to call it, he has like kind of like a savior complex for what seemed to be a brilliant idea. And that isn't what ended up happening, right? Lucifer's vision was short-sighted. Lucifer's plan was rejected because it was contrary to the nature of eternal progression. I've always understood progression as somewhat of like a universal law that requires a trial and pain and suffering and practice and endurance in order to be achieved. And so our father in heaven knows this. He's, he had to obey that universal law himself. He's been through all of this before. And so in his loving wisdom, he knew that he, that we would need to be proven the same way he was. And so in his wisdom, he knew that we would make mistakes. In his wisdom, he asked his beloved son to atone for our sins and Jehovah agreed. In his loving wisdom, he allowed us to forget him so that we would have the ability to choose with faith. In his loving wisdom, he allowed us to learn in a fallen condition and to, and to choose on purpose if we will overcome the natural man and strive to become like him. And in his loving wisdom, he has provided commandments that instruct, charge, and direct us along the straight and narrow path back to him. Like most of us won't become surgeons, like most of us won't become surgeons, a great deal of us won't achieve exaltation either. But in similitude with becoming a surgeon, a great deal of us won't want to do what's required for that. Um, and like, because, you know, in fact, some of us will willingly and contentedly choose different paths that will, that are not ultimately compatible with exaltation. 
Um, and those of us who do this will inherit the kingdom of glory and enjoy that which they were willing to receive because they were not willing to enjoy that which they might have received um, as th- that's what's written in Doctrine and Covenants 88.32. And ultimately they will abide within the, ki- the kingdom in which they have sufficiently abided the certain bounds and conditions of that respective kingdom's law. And so I'm sure most of us in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints hope and pray that we and those that we love will fulfill and receive the the fullness of the celestial kingdom and exaltation, but not all of us will achieve that. And I'm going to, I don't want to take away any room for heartbreak there. I think that it can be really sad for those of us, but ultimately there is a loving plan for those of us who don't achieve that standard where we will end up blissfully dwelling in a kingdom of heaven that is aligned with who we have become by the time we have reached the judgment seat. And so What will you and I choose right now? We're not being coerced into obeying the commandments. Rather, we're being offered them as a clear guiding post and as clear guiding posts for what is needed in our mind and our hearts should we desire to progress eternally. Each commandment helps us get closer to our heavenly parents, to understand their to understanding their nature and the divine nature we've inherited that will ultimately allow us to become like them if we answer it. And so just to, just to name a few different commandments and what they end up teaching us, you know, the commandment to obey itself gives us the opportunity to have faith in his, in Heavenly Father's promises and open ourselves up to discipline and refinement by the power of the atonement. The commandment to repent gives us the opportunity to change and become new creatures more like our heavenly parents. The commandment to pray often gives us the opportunity to connect with heavenly father and learn how to align our will with his, thus making us more like him. The commandment to study the scriptures opens us up to being taught about the nature of God, what he wants for his children, and how we can be a part of that work within ourselves and for others. The commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy helps us disconnect from the worldliness and dedicate time to perfecting ourselves with sacred ordinances and study and service in our families and congregations. Um, The commandment to be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost opens us up to receiving the full power of the saving ordinance, that is the sacrament, that will enable us to utilize the fullness of the power of Christ's atonement to repent, transform, and be perfected in him. Um, The commandment to have no other gods before our Father in heaven helps us maintain our focus and faith in Heavenly Father and the living Christ rather than relying on the folly and imperfection of the world. And the commandment to honor our parents gives us the opportunity to hold others to high regard even when they might make mistakes in the same way our Heavenly Father loves us and knows our worth despite our imperfections. And The commandment to keep the word of wisdom gives us the opportunity to choose to avoid consuming foods and drinks and substances that are habit-forming, unsustainable, and unhealthy for our bodies. And it gives us also the opportunity to develop discipline over our bodily appetites and become more receptive to spiritual truths. Um, These are just a few examples of the opportunities available to us when we obey the commandments. And I mention these to demonstrate just a few of the purposes of the way these commandments shape and refine and open us to becoming like our heavenly parents. While there are these opportunities for progress and refinement available to us now as we obey, um, 
in the joyful benefits of these transformations of our lives, I don't want to forget perhaps one of the most fun parts of willful obedience to the commandments, and that is blessings. While the blessings of transformation through the power of the atonement that come from obedience are miraculous and speak for themselves, obedience also opens up to so much more, which is like, how do you get more than the atonement, right? But because Heavenly Father loves us so much, he just gives us so much. And so this is what I've noticed is that we are blessed with better relationships and we're best, we're blessed with greater abundance. We're blessed with greater clarity, with lasting peace. We're blessed with growth in our personal, um, personal um, and spiritual gifts and talents. And we're blessed with charity and we're blessed with joy. We're blessed with just so much. And so when we are obedient and keep our commandments or keep, or keep our covenants, I'm sorry, we are blessed a hundredfold for our efforts. It is the use of our agency that is uniquely ours that allows us to use um, obedience as our personal individual offering to our Heavenly Father. And then he reciprocates beyond anything that we could ever repay. And so um, that's all I have for you today. I really hope that this episode was able to shift the way you think about the purpose of commandments and will influence how you apply them in your life. If you have if you if you're having time um, a hard time grappling with certain commandment I'd love to help you in a free one-on-one mini session just visit my website and fill out the request form at pagesmithcoaching.com forward slash consult slash or consult hyphen call um, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week bye-bye if you would like to take the principles that I'm teaching here on the podcast deeper I'd love to be your coach I have a coaching program called the Divine Nature Project, where I take all the concepts I teach here on the podcast and help my clients develop the skills for mind management that will help them get to charity for themselves and from a place of self-love, deepen their conversion and create a vibrant, fulfilled life that they love too. Are you ready? Visit www.pagesmithcoaching.com and schedule a consult. I'd love to see you there.